Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and just know if you're new here, welcome and thank you for joining the ride. And if this isn't your first time listening, you know, thank you for sticking around. So in this special episode, I'm going to talk news and gossipish, and there's a lot going on. And then I'm also going to have a Black History Month highlight highlighting Teddy Long, the first black authority figure in the WWE as a general manager, but his career started years ago as, as something completely different. Um, and I also have a special discussion with Sir Wilkins of the Jobber Tears podcast. So stay tuned, chill out and listen to this new episode of the Hardy Rest some podcasts. Okay, so I got your news and gossipish here and there's a lot to talk about and I'm pretty sure some of it might go I might go off into a rant in some of it, but it's all with love and concern, you know, for the general health and um care of the wrestling community so we're just going to start with something positive and lighthearted and cool so bow wow um expressed this week that he wants to join wwe after his last album so he tweeted um a few days ago that um he was looking he said now i know this might sound crazy but after i drop my last album i will focus on tv and film and joining the wwe because it's been a lifelong childhood dream to wrestle in the wwe and it got a lot of um people's attention um there are a lot of people who are booking him in fantasy matches um like the angle podcast shout out to them they were booking him in a fantasy match with bad bunny at wrestlemania even he himself was, you know, um, having tweet, Twitter interactions with different wrestlers, like members of Lucha House Party, saying if he wants to, you know, learn some Lucha stuff, you know, that he would actually be down to learn with them. And just all kinds of different interactions where people were booking him in like tag team matches. He wanted to go for the tag team titles with Rey Mysterio and stuff like that. He even posted a picture of himself when he was a kid holding a holding a title. Like it was really like the cutest thing on the planet. He even had a weird interaction with t-bar from retribution because because t-bar i think said something about like mike sucking and then he said no like mike is one of the greatest movies of all time and i'm like look where's the lie because i still watch like mike to this day in fact i have like three favorite bow wow movies it's like mike roll bounce and lottery ticket those are three of the strongest bow wow movies i feel like a lot of the time we have a tendency to um I don't want to say look down on Bow Wow, but I think we kind of underestimate how how much he gave to us culturally during the 2000s. And then when it came to his acting ability, it seemed like he was really on a good high trajectory because Roll Bounce was a fairly it was a comedy, but it was also a fairly dramatic movie, too. So he did a pretty good job with that. And then with like Mike, I mean, what you can't really go wrong with that movie. It's like one of the best basketball movies of all time. Um, so, and then lottery ticket was really funny too. So I feel like when it comes to people like Bow Wow, you know, who are wanting to sort of branch into wrestling, he's just another one of these rappers, you know, who wants to, you know, start off in wrestling and stuff, you know, between Snoop Dogg and between Bad Bunny right now. It's just the coolest thing to watch, you know, take place. I'm still manifesting Cardi B one day. We're still manifesting that. And I did see a rumor saying that um, she was supposedly in talks with WWE. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, something that did catch my attention this week was the Breakfast Club was talking about Bow Wow joining WWE. 
And y'all know the only time it feels like depending on who you are, depending if you do listen to the Breakfast Club on the regular, um, they'll talk about WWE off and on, like when it has to do with, you know, like The Rock or if it has to do with um, like a celebrity or something. But they really don't talk about WWE like, say, Hot 97 with Ebro in the morning with Peter Rosenberg would do. So shout out to them. But they but the breakfast club was talking about it and then Charlemagne was throwing all kinds of mad shade making it seem like bow wow would have it easy in terms of wrestling because he was talking about how fake wrestling is and how easy it would be because someone like floyd mayweather had a match with he's with Charlemagne said the giant now mind you the big show hasn't been called the giant in over 20 years so it's clear that he has only a limited understanding of what wrestling um is and how it's evolved since the last time he watched it but it seems like every time they have a tendency to talk about wrestling they have a tendency to talk about how fake it is and all this other stuff but i will venture to i will venture to shade them by saying they have a tendency to always talk about wrestling and how fake it is but yet never talk about all the important moments in black culture that they actually offer because they have yet to talk about how Bianca Belair was the first black woman to ever win a Royal Rumble because I'm pretty sure they wouldn't even know what a Royal Rumble is and I'm not the type of person that'll diss someone for not knowing a whole lot about wrestling but when you come out and constantly have people coming on your show talking about how fake wrestling is and you yourself as a co-host talk about how fake wrestling is you know I can't help but you know wonder i just can't help but say these these crazy things about you because it's just like how can you sit up here and talk trash about a sport that actually culturally makes sense to black people it's kind of tone deaf really because you're not you know you're not exposed to it it dis it's disheartening because the breakfast club has this really high platform in terms of you know the culture and everything and you're supposed to have your pulse on everything that's for black culture but yet when it comes to wrestling the only thing you can do is find people like kenny smith from espn who will talk about how fake it is and then you talk about how fake it is yourself wrestling is not easy it's not one of those things that you can just do you know out of nowhere and just learn in a matter of two weeks for some people it takes you know weeks for some athletes it takes years to get and once you get hit you really do get hit and you really can get bruised and you really can get injured to the point to where you can't wrestle anymore so i would just venture to say for anyone who calls wrestling fake especially if you're on a big platform like that watch your mouth and shut up and maybe learn more about the sport and actually give it the same respect that you would give football, basketball, or anything else like that. Like, that's my point. That's my two cents on that. They need to chill. But I encourage Bow Wow to definitely, you know, come to WWE because I feel like, you know, everybody's welcome. So let's do it. Come on, Bow Wow. We'll welcome you. Also in the news, we have Sarah Logan and Eric from the Viking Raiders celebrating the birth of their baby boy Raymond Cash Rowe who was born after 44 hours of labor and he was born at 8 pounds and 11 ounces so congratulations to them on the birth of their baby boy um as you know Sarah Logan was a part of the riot the original iteration of the riot squad with Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot but she got fired in the mass firings they had last year with the um pandemic going on so she is she has since gotten pregnant and now they have a baby boy so congratulations to them also in the news we have bad bunny and his wwe merchandise selling out 
like his merchandise made half a million dollars and sold out you know um on the wwshop.com website they released this um merchandise for him a little bit after the royal rumble after he performed and everything so it's pretty clear that a lot of that his um appearances on monday night raw is bringing a lot of different eyes to the product and it's selling a whole lot of merchandise for wwe so one can only hope that you know this will lead to him having you know more more features in the ring because he has a lot of he has a little bit of a beef going on with the Miz and John Morrison with Damian Priest who was just called up to the main roster um on his side so I feel like that'll be really cool so congratulations to Bad Bunny with that um also in the news we have the beautiful news of Keith Lee and Mia Yim being engaged they made the announcement um Thursday um, with a post that Mia Yim posted and said, I said yes, Mr. and Mrs. Lee, and posted a picture of the both of them with the ring on her finger, and it is so cute. Um, their relationship, you know, was predating their time together in WWE. They had been together um, during their time in the Indies. And then, of course, Keith Lee was announced as part of the incoming class in 2018, and then she came in 2018, um, just later on that year. So... They acknowledged their romantic connection on NXT television when they fought in a tag team match against um, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, the husband and wife team. But now they're both on Raw. Um, and Mia Yim was, of course, repackaged as Reckoning in the group Retribution with Mustafa Ali. And she also has a little bit of a beef going on with xavier woods because xavier woods saying i want to match with her i want to match with reckoning and it's just so funny because i'm just like they don't just do you know matches they don't just do intergender matches like that you know on monday night raw but if he keeps pushing for it maybe it'll happen maybe it won't who knows but congratulations to mia and keith the yimitless couple um <laughs> so something else that I kind of struggle with wanting to talk about um, on the show, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, was the drama that's taken place between Kiara Hogan and Sasha Banks. Um, so on this last week's SmackDown, Sasha Banks came out um, in her black leather outfit with her um, SmackDown women's title and confronted um, Carmella, Reginald and Bianca Belair. Um, by saying, you know, if you want to challenge me for the championship, you know, you can challenge me and you and stuff like that. So she came out there wearing a black leather outfit that was kind of like a jumpsuit or whatever um, with some boots. And I believe Kiara Hogan got on social media and said that Sasha Banks was stealing her look um, because Kiara Hogan, who you may or may not know, who wrestles for Impact Wrestling, she holds the Impact um women's tag team championships with tasha Steeles. they're together as a team and she also has blue hair she comes out you know in jumpsuits and everything you know they both look beautiful in in jumpsuits or whatever you know jumpsuits are definitely in style if you want to look cute in like one little bodysuit or whatever because i actually wear them myself and they're really cute um shout out to fashion nova um anyway <laughs> so it's just kind of like she was kind of accusing Sasha Banks of stealing her style. And a lot of people didn't take it that well. So 
on social media, you had a lot of fans who were saying that Kara Hogan was just trying to start mess with Sasha Banks because she had done something like that before when she had, you know, red and orange hair. And Ember Moon just so happened to have red and orange and yellow hair at the same time. And she was making it seem like she was stealing her look. And then after that, you had a couple of fans who were making all kinds of racist comments by, um, by basically, you know saying that they were monkeys or they were apes by calling Tasha Steeles and um, Kiera Hogan apes. And I think that's like the worst thing ever because how are you going to make racist comments in the name of defending one black female wrestler from two other black female wrestlers? That doesn't make any sense. If you are a racist, you know, you can't just do stuff like that and say stuff like that. That's just disgusting. Um, Why be mean like that? That's just rude. But back to the subject... Then Kiara Hogan got on an Instagram live video and when people were commenting on the video and talking about it, she got really upset and started talking mad crap about Sasha Banks saying that saying that Sasha was a mean person and that she doesn't discuss her depression the way that Kiara Hogan discusses her struggles with depression. And that's where I kind of got turned off because no one has to talk about their depression publicly because to be honest, Sasha Banks is a private person. She doesn't really address a whole lot of different things because, you know, sometimes it's just best to to keep stuff close to the chest because people can take information and sensationalize it and lie about it. Like that's a part of like that's the part of wrestling journalism that a lot of people just don't take into account. Like we can take one thing and then spin it to mean about maybe 10 different narratives that might not even necessarily be true. And she has a right to be private and as far as stealing a style is concerned I mean no one truly has a you know has you know a grip on owning a specific style or or even a specific hair color because at the end of the day when you're out there wrestling no one cares no one cares specifically about how your hair looks now mind you if your hair is cute I'm going to say your hair is cute if your outfit is cute I'm going to say your outfit is cute but ultimately we're there to watch you wrestle And at the end of the day, when it comes to your legacy, no one's going to care about what your hair looks like. They only care about what you did in terms of wrestling impact and no pun intended, but in terms of wrestling impact and also in terms of what you offered, you know, in terms of athleticism, no one cares about that. So why are you caring so much about this? Like, I love you. Like, I am rooting for every black female to succeed in wrestling. But when you do messy stuff like that, it's just kind of like, um, chill. Um, yeah, because I just feel like there are so few black women, you know, in wrestling as it is. And there's so many glass ceilings that we have to crack and and break in half and all of that. You know, how can we break all these glass ceilings if we are not united together? Like if we're picking each other apart based off of small things like that, then how are we ever going to succeed as a community in the wrestling landscape if all we're doing is tearing each other down? Which leads me um, to segue into my next story about Bianca Belair um, sharing black history facts with her husband Montez Ford on Twitter every day. Um, her and him have been taking pictures and sharing all kinds of black history bios on different people in history, like Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, John Singleton, the famous director who made Boys in the Hood and, um, Baby Boy and Poetic Justice and Josephine Baker and Dorothy Dandridge and Hella, Harry Belafonte. 
But then she also got on social media and expressed her love for Naomi. She um, shared a tweet that said, sometimes we can we can be beat. We can beat each other down so much that we come each other's worst critics. It benefits no one. Work together, build each other up, help each other out. And in the process, we both win. Love to see us win. And she shared the clip of her and Naomi saving each other in the Royal Rumble match that Bianca Belair ultimately wound up winning. But it was really important to me. And it resonated with me to see these two black women helping each other stay in the match as opposed to being underhanded and getting rid of one another and then Naomi um responded by saying I can't find the words to express what it means to have you here witnessing your journey excellence grace beauty strength is truly inspiring I feel like a proud sister lol they say a picture speaks a thousand words so I'll leave this one here and it's the picture of her and Bianca hugging each other after the Royal Rumble um backstage and it's in black and white and it's definitely a beautiful picture it's on my lock screen on my phone. Um, <laughs> and then Bianca responded by saying, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I remember in 2016, before I started in NXT, I went to a show in Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw you perform live. I saw myself in you. I could imagine myself in the ring when I looked at you. Thank you for embracing and welcoming me. I love you, sis. And I'm gonna have to drop this one here too. And she dropped another picture of them embracing backstage. So ultimately, we, we as black women, in terms of wrestling and also in terms of podcasting and in terms of life period need to know how to uplift one another and love one another because the world is already against us we don't need to be against each other um let's love one another let's uplift one another and not try to pick each other apart over the smallest things it's just not worth it in the end we have to be there for one another because the world is already against us and always trying to make it seem like there is no place for us but we have to hold each other's hands and take up space regardless of the bs that goes on in this world and that's the end of news and gossipish so now i'm going to go to the black history highlight and i'm going to be talking about teddy long playa <laughs> Alright, so in this Black History Month highlight for this week, I'm going to talk about Theodore Teddy Long. He was born on September 15, 1947, which means he's a fellow Virgo. Hey! And he was from, and he was born in Birmingham, Alabama, which means he's a fellow Alabamian. Hey, double hey. Um, <laughs> he started as an errand boy and then became a member of the ring crew and was promoted to referee in NWH Jim Crockett promotions in 1985. Um, and then in 1989, he became the replacement referee when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat won the NWA championship. He even had a run as a heel referee before becoming a heel manager for the likes of Doom, um, which included Ron Simmons and our recently departed Butch Reed in WCW, Johnny B. Bad, 
um, one-man gang and the skyscrapers um, in the form of Sid Vicious, Dan Spivey, and me, Mark Callis, who would go on to become The Undertaker, Too Cold Scorpio, Ice Train, and Ice Train. Then once he was in WWE in 1998, he had a short stint as a referee and he was even one of the he was even one of the referees on assignment at the Over the Edge pay-per-view where Owen Hart sadly fell to his death. Um and he was repackaged as a manager later on like in the early 2000s and he was a manager for the likes of D'Lo Brown, Rodney Mack and Jazz. And it was so funny because I remember when I was a kid, I had never seen him before, <laughs> like in my life, because, you know, I'm still a baby. I'm young. So the first time I saw him, he was just like this really, you know, cool elderly guy, you know, who would come out in these suits and be like, let me tell you something, player. And he would be all like, you sipping that haterade and all that. And he would come out there with them. And I'm just like, he's out here with these young people. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, um... I grew to appreciate him more and more as an authority figure. Um, and then in July of 2004, he became the first black general manager of SmackDown. And he would, like I said, he would often accuse heels of sipping that haterade. And then he would often threaten stars with going one on one with The Undertaker, to which there's like m multiple videos that people have made of different WWE superstars like King Booker and Charmel and JBL, you know, freaking out whenever he would make them face The Undertaker. They'd be like, what? No! <laughs> and it would just be so hysterical. Like, please watch these videos. They are so funny. Look at them. Um, and he even had a different, he even had a storyline where he had a flirtation slash affair slash you know engagement to to this um woman named crystal who was a ww diva at the time and then they even had a pretty high profile wedding where they had all the guests sitting outside of the smackdown um on the smackdown um titantron stage and they were getting married and then they also had jagged edge come and sing let's get married and seeing a video of that i mean I believe it was last year. I was just like, whoa, like, cause I doubt, I believe that was an episode of SmackDown. I may have missed somehow, but just the idea of you having Jagged Edge, like one of the best R&B groups of all time at your kayfabe wedding, like where they do that at? Plus not to mention SmackDown was on UPN at the time. So it kind of made sense because y'all had the Parkers and Girlfriends and all the other, all those amazing black shows there. So that was cool. <laughs> um... And he definitely had major beefs going on with the whole Raw versus SmackDown thing, especially going up against the likes of Eric Bischoff, who was like the heel general manager on Raw. Um, and then he would also have an ongoing beef with John Laurinaitis, who was the general manager of Raw with people power and all that other crap. Oh, he was so dry. But <laughs> but yeah, like he would go on to lead SmackDown to victory one year at a Survivor Series. And then right around the time, you know, he retired, it was due to some type of, um, to, due to some type of storyline, he went on to retire from his um, general manager position. And wait, actually, he didn't retire. I know what happened. He actually got... I think his team got beat at a WrestleMania and John Laurinaitis wound up taking over both Raw and SmackDown. That was weird. Um, so after that, he kind of just, you know, 
would pop up every now and again on WWE TV. And then in 2017, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So, and then of course, you know, every now and again, when they have like a Legends Night or an anniversary show for like Raw or SmackDown, he'll show up and then um, he'll randomly put someone in a tag team match or a triple threat match or threaten them with The Undertaker. And he actually did this last year. Well, not last year. He did this at Legends Night um to i believe the Miz and john morrison and i'm just sort of sitting here like he was like you're gonna go one-on-one with the undertaker and i'm just like the undertaker retired sweetie like he you can't threaten anybody with that anymore um so yeah (laughs) um so we're gonna give a great black history highlight toast to teddy long who has definitely you know broken down barriers for black referees such as Aja Smith and various other black referees as well and um, all over the wrestling business and for people who've you know just come up and done it all in the wrestling business you always have your people who work behind the scenes you know who do things like work on the crew and everything and and then they bump up and then they wind up getting bumped up to different things like even Paul Heyman did that so We um, raise our glass to Teddy Long and we will continue to highlight other black um, people who made black history in wrestling and also people who made black future, um, who made black future in wrestling as well. So now we're going to go to our interview with Sir Wilkins of the Jobber Tears podcast. Okay, so I was sitting with my friends one day and they asked me, Stephanie, how do you record your podcast? And I said, with the Anchor app on my phone. And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's that simple. It is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. And it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. They even have classes and stuff that you can listen to that will give you all kinds of good tips on what you need to do in order to make the best podcast. So if you want to do this, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Sir Wilkins? Yes, Miss Hardy. What's up? What's going on, mama? Oh, nothing much. Just chilling, waiting for you. <laughs> I think I'm on time, right? I'm on time, right? You are definitely on time. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm, I'm like eating chicken and some sweet potatoes. And I was like, oh, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> that sounds like good dinner, though. Yeah, it's a pretty solid dinner. Just got home. I just got home. Oh, Okay. Well, Sir Wilkins, thank you for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Yay! <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start my interview by asking you, when did you fall in love with wrestling? Um, I fell in love with wrestling at a very young age. So me and wrestling have been like in a, a very toxic relationship. And we, we keep going back and back and forth for each other. But I really fell in love with it when I was about five years old, six years old. And that was when I started. Are you still there? Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just oh, okay. listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got super quiet. Um, I started I started around then. 
I really got into it when the Attitude Era started. Mm-hmm. So I was really into it when Stone Cold was making its come up. That's when like I was really involved in it, super involved. Um, I fell off for a little bit right after Ruthless Aggression era started. When the PG era started, that's when I got. I was in college at the time. I was busy with stuff, and then I got back into it about thirteen years ago, and it's been a ride ever since. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because I I kind of fell off a little bit after um, WCW got bought because it's like my dad, me and my dad were watching it together, and then it's like after WCW got bought, my dad quit taping it, so uh-huh. it was just kind of like you know after that point I just sort of fell off from it, kind of I don't want to by accident you could say, and then eventually I sort of got back into it once ruthless aggression started, so. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty. I love the WCW bought because those were dream things I wanted to see because I wanted to see dream matches, but they didn't handle it right. So we all know about that already. Yes, we do. <laughs> they did not handle it well. Yeah, so okay, cool. All right, so how did you and Mr. Black sort of embrace it as like a fandom in both of your lives? Because something that Janelle did mention, shout out to Janelle from HR, she did mention how to both you are actually brothers. So how did it sort of manifest, you know, in his life as well as yours, you know, and how did you, you know, stay with it together? Um, I, so we grew up, we grew up very close. Like we live, we share the same room. We we watch TV together. We did a lot of stuff together growing up. To a point, it was kind of annoying, especially <laughs> when to, especially when you're trying to become your own person. Mm-hmm. We were attached to my to our mom's hip the entire time growing up. So we watched it for a long period of time together, like up until you know this aggression era started. Yeah, we were watching it like that because we had the games. Um, SmackDown versus Raw. We had, um, you know, just um, bring the pain. Here comes, I mean, here comes the pain. Those games. So we were playing it for. We were with it for a while. When we moved out of our parents' house, we separated because you know we had separate lives and everything. He really stuck to it because I think he had fell into a depression, and it really helped him get out of it. Um, me, on the other hand, it was just I was like, oh shit, I haven't watched this in a long time. And then we came back together to do the podcast kind of by accident actually but wow okay um (laughs) by accident um so i kind of want to drift away from the from that component and ask you you know like when did you know you kind of want to pursue it as a career um because i did notice that you are a personal trainer and i also noticed that some of your conversations on the job is your podcast you've talked about how you're training to be a wrestler um, so when did you know you wanted to pursue it as a career and how does it sort of feed into what you actually do for a living? Um, so when it comes to the rest, to actually like learning to wrestle and training and everything, it's been something I always wanted to do. So this is how I work. I want to do something. I'm going to do it. We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. So that's when it comes to the um, training for wrestling part. When it comes to my actual job, my actual like shoot job, we're using wrestling terms now, look at us. Um, <laughs> it's 
it just plays hand in hand because I can I have I have a very I make my own schedule so I can do what I want to do. So when I when training is over and I can graduate from training I, and I start like actually taking bookings and everything, I have a more of a fluid schedule where I can like maneuver better. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it helps out a lot. And then also wrestlers got to stay in shape. So I work at a gym. So it's a lot easier for me to stay in shape and look decent in the in the ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it does work. It just it just works hand in hand, and 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 then I love wrestling, and I also besides wanting to always, you know, get in the ring and do and do things, I always want. I also want to learn the other side of how wrestling works because we talk because us as fans we talk about it, but none of us have experienced it, right? And you always watch, and one thing I, I was. I'm I'm about is getting my hands and and feet, getting my hands dirty with something that I'm talking about. I get fully involved in it because I have a better because it helps me better understanding and better articulate my point of view because I have firsthand experience. Like some of the best anal- announcers and analysis on in, on sports networks are guys who used to play the sport. Right. So that was my that was another major to- a, a reason of why I decided to pursue it as well okay so who would you credit you know for training you in your wrestling journey um right now i'm being trained by amazing red um for people who don't know he's um a tna legend of their x division mm-hmm. he's also i would say the godfather of modern day wrestling style so that's who's training me right now and he's trained some of the best people like he's like I remember the first time I heard his name um, was like in an interview that Sasha Banks had, I believe, with Sam Roberts. And I was just like, I wonder who that is, <laughs> because yeah. I, hang in, I hang on to everything she says. So it's just kind of like, you know, when she said that, I was like, I wonder who that is. And so it's kind of cool that you brought him up, you know, as the person who's training you. And yeah, she said, came, I was there when she was at the school. Right. Yeah. Um. Super. At the time, she was super nice, super down to earth. The time that she that I was there, she was with um, Bailey. Mm-hmm. It was her and Bailey. I think it, this was um, last, not last year, twenty nineteen when WrestleMania was in New York. Mm-hmm. Around that time. So um, yeah, she's was she's super, super nice, super sweet. She was in the ring, role, like doing drills with us. Wow. I can never, you can talk about people's personalities, you know, how they are, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's one thing. But the one thing I will say about Sasha Banks is she's about her craft. Mm -hmm. Bailey is about her craft. And Amazing Red did help Rhonda too. Because Sasha told, yeah, Sasha told. Um, Rhonda about Red and then Rhonda was was there. Wow. He's amazing. Like he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done. He doesn't get enough credit for his influence in the business because he's not a he he never became a WWE guy. Mm -hmm. It's like his hands, his fingerprints, person, I mean, is literally on modern day wrestling. And 
a lot of guys credit him for what for the stuff that they do now. Like he there was um he had um he had retired for a little bit and there was a video package that was circulating and it was I'm talking about Samoa Joe, Cedric, Ali, Rey Mysterio, Buddy Murphy, tons of other dudes all g- giving him thanks about what he's done for the business. So yeah, he's I've been so blessed to be able to be trained by him. Um, we're not super close, but he's meant he's meant he's mentored all of us. Like he's really a sensei per se. And he talks about the 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 ups and downs of the business and how to maneuver within this business because this business is entertainment. So it's a bunch of sharks in this business. And if you don't move accordingly, you will be eaten by those sharks. Wow. So it yeah. seems like his entire, you know, his entire influence is very invaluable to to the wrestling business. That's that's amazing, you know, that you're being trained by the best. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, he's taught us a lot, and he's very hard on us. And I wouldn't want any other way. Mm-hmm. Super blunt, but I rather that than super fake. Right. And at the end of the day, when you have somebody with that pedigree and that res- that's who's just loved by the business, you want to do well to represent him in the right light. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just want to make him proud. Like, I will never get into a match until he tells me I'm fully ready. Okay, so you haven't had a match, like, per se yet. I've had school matches. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had like the, my first match was supposed to happen last year for July fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, against Simon Miller. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who, if you know who that is. Yes, I do. He's with What Culture, and he has yeah. the why. Here's why I love him. <laughs> yeah, so I was supposed to go up against him because it kind of made sense. Both two ball guys, both got podcasts. Both both are like trainers. Both are into wrestling. Oh, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to happen, but you know, COVID ran wild all across the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was actually just about to ask you, you know, how um, did COVID, you know, affect, you know, your career or basically, you know, how your career is growing? Look at that segue. Look at that segue we're doing right now. Right. Um, <laughs> when it comes to, it didn't, it, it, like, my life has been different. My life has slowed down um, because of COVID, but I think that's everybody uh, when it came to, when it comes to wrestling. So a couple of things, like I couldn't train for like about a, for this, for the majority of 2019. That's one. Um, we couldn't be doing parties for the majority of 2019. We had to record from home for a good portion of 2019. I mean, sorry, 2020. Sorry, yeah. guys, 2020. Everybody listening, 2020. I didn't mean 2019. <laughs> um, but for the majority of, of 2020 and everything of that nature, um, I had projects, like really big projects that I was working on that that involved wrestling, and I couldn't do them. I couldn't, I couldn't get them to get off the ground because of, because of COVID. So COVID in general is just put everything on hold Mm -hmm. but I always say this COVID made me 
be more, you know, grateful for what I have. Right. Like, like I wasn't hungry. I had a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I was I, I was doing fine. Like, I was just at home. You know what I mean? I couldn't do much, but I was grateful for the little things that I had. And I had a new, like, I, I was more grateful for wrestling than I ever was in my life because that was the only thing that was new on television. Right. So I was even more grateful for, for this for this beautiful sport that we call wrestling. You know what I mean? It, it was a beautiful thing to see like these men and women low-key risk their lives to, to entertain us. And right. it, it was a very grateful feeling to, to be like, yo, yo, thank you. We can we can agree to disagree about like certain things and how certain things went down. But at the end of the day, the wrestlers, not the companies, so I'm not the wrestlers, they were p- still putting on a show for us and right. risking their lives. So, yeah. Well, it's good to know that you were able to, you know, to pivot, you know, through that and that wrestling, you know, in basically went hand in hand and sort of making 2020 like still a better year because it was kind of it was a trying year for a lot of people, even me. But I can't agree with you in saying that wrestling did, you know, offer me sort. It was sort of like a soothing salve for everything that was yeah. going on. It was very healing. Um, creating another family, you know, in terms of podcasting and in terms of watching wrestling and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was very resilient. You know, like I always say, wrestling was the most resilient sport. You know, out of most of them last year. It's like when every other sport shut down, they were still going. Yes, so, ma'am. So, yeah, I definitely understand the, that sentiment. So I want to ask you, you know, how is the wrestling culture in New York? Wrestling culture in New York is amazing. It yeah, is it amazing. <laughs> it is um, a secret society that's not secret. Mm-hmm. So the independent scene is, for the most part, Small. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the companies that are up here is the biggest company up here is Hog, H O G House of Glory, which is the um the school that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, Battle Club Pro is another big is another big pretty solid size um company. We have BCW Bree Combination Wrestling, and what else is up here? Oof, oof. I might be forgetting somebody. Oh. Um, IWW they're a newer company that's Tom he has a school out here too but for the most part it's like it's really like this insider country club type of feel mm-hmm. like you see somebody with a wrestling shirt you've probably seen him before at a hog show or another type of company show that's how it is and New York City is, New York City is small. It is. It's it's we it's the big city, but it's really it's really really small. So, it's the shows that happen, everything that's happened. You're gonna see a person at least. Tw- let's say it's a regular year, not 2020, not pandemic year, and there's multiple shows. If a person who's in into independent wrestling, you'll see them at least three times a year. At a show. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. And it's so beautiful to have that. And then there's like the the even more secret society of like Hispanic and black wrestling fans. Like it's even deeper in that. And it's it's beautiful. It's now that you asked that question, I didn't even ever really think about it. And I was like, it's a beautiful, beautiful community. Wow. It's so funny that you said that um, New York is small because in my mind, since I'm from I'm from Birmingham, I never thought of New York as small. So every time you see it in the media and everything, they make it seem like it's bigger than life. Like, it, like if you go big. there, you've made it. <laughs> like, it, that's it, how it looks. Don't get me wrong. It is bigger than life. But think of a small person, but with a big personality. Mm-hmm. That's what New York is. It's a small person with a huge personality. That it's that person that walks into the room and like you know they're in there. That's what New York is. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. <laughs> All right. So, um, have you made any type of inspiration for a wrestling character in the event that you, you know, are ready to wrestle? Honestly speaking, I had a couple of ideas. Um, I was thinking like a mob boss type of thing. Like I was thinking um, New Jack City. Oh, wow. Like that type of thing. Um, but I wanted, but then I was thinking maybe I, I can go for a podcaster because people always make fun of me at school about it. Uh, but then I was going to let my girlfriend figure it out because she's really good at that. Mm-hmm. Like she's really good at like helping people with their gimmicks. She helps a lot of in the in the with their gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was gonna let her like figure out when we train and when I start continuing training and everything. Okay. But but it's been but it, but I've been I, but I have made some kind of thoughts about it because I'm I don't want to fit do the typical stereotype of like a big strong black man. Right. So I want something new, something fresh, and something different. But I'll I'll think of something as the time goes on because right now I'm trying to figure out how to like make sure my moveset is right and I know what I'm doing in the ring right because the gimmick the gimmick will you'll come up with a gimmick the first time around and by the time five years in it's going to be a completely different thing right because you grow and evolve as you get better in the ring so to answer your question technically no not really (laughs) Okay, I think it's cool that you said that you wanted your you, you kind of have your girlfriend to try to come up with that for you. Um, she's good at what she does. She's good. I can genuinely say she's good at what she does, and I've seen it firsthand. I've seen what she's done for other independent wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I trust her enough for her to figure things out. That's beautiful. I mean, she's beautiful. Yes, I'm. I'm rooting for you guys super hard. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank you, thank you. I, I really am. I remember the first time I saw her, I thought she was a wrestler. Oh, really? I did. Like, I really did. Like, I thought she was a full-on wrestler. Like, oh, like, cause I was gonna. I friended her with the intention of asking her to be on my show because she looked like a wrestler to me mm-hmm. and but then it's just like you know what when i see her post stuff about wrestling 
it's you know more so of someone who really does know her stuff but I found out later she's not a wrestler and I'm just like oh okay well that's cool too I mean she can still come on the show I don't mind you know I'll, 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 I'll ask her if she wants to be on she, she's really shy about stuff like that she's like I want, I'd rather be behind the scenes I was like well you have a big personality why don't you just get on the show and do something Okay, I mean, well, I don't want to make her uncomfortable, but you know, if she does, no, she'll be if fine. She ever she'll, she'll, wants once she opens up her mouth, she'll be fine. the first question you ask her, "Hi, how are you?" She gonna she gonna spill it all out. Don't worry about it. Okay, like if she ever wants to come on, and I'll have her on then, like seriously. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna switch gears and ask you more about stuff in the podcasting um, atmosphere. So, yeah. what inspired you to create a wrestling podcast? You know, and how did you get Mr. Black and um, Janelle from the HR to participate as hosts? So, um, the Jabba Tits podcast came from a very um, "we're gonna show you that we're gonna show you that we can do this" type of place. Mm-hmm. So, originally, I was with another group of. Uh, people so okay this is this, this i told this story a million times but it's feel like i always forget forget it so about whew, it's going on nine years now about nine years ago almost 10 years ago i started doing wwe pay-per-view viewing parties mm-hmm. so for people who probably ask me what the fuck did what the fuck is that can I curse? My bad. Sorry. It's okay. You can. It's it's happened so many times. <laughs> okay. So I got to get better. Um, so people who are asking, what is that? It's basically like you go to a Super Bowl party at a bar, but I did ones with WWE pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And I started doing them about nine years ago at a sm- semi-small bar called Highland Park on the east side of New York City. Started doing that, and for about a year or two, I was doing it by myself. I meet this guy. He's like, yo, let's work together because I have a Facebook group, and you're doing these parties. Let's come together as a team, and we could, like, make these things even bigger. Mm -hmm. So things grow, grow, grow. We start doing the parties, and and I think at this time, we're about five years in, maybe six years in, doing doing the parties, doing the viewing parties, and we were at a place where we wanted to add more stuff to this to this this facebook wrestling group mm-hmm. and i knew from you know listening to podcasts that weren't wrestling but listening to podcasts in general and just looking at the current landscape of 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 media i was like we need to create content if we're going to build a brand we need to create content Content is king. And and he was like, oh, I don't know about this, whatever. I was like, no, we need to do this. We, yes, let's build a YouTube page. Let's start putting out, let's start putting out a podcast. Let's, let's start doing that. And he was like, okay. So at the time, we wanted to bring a female on. And I was looking for a female. Me, me and Janelle are super close, but I didn't think she, was, she had the time to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. So... Shout out to my friend Donovan. I had put a Facebook post. I was like, if any any females looking to do a, a a wrestling podcast, he tags Janelle because he knows Janelle as well. And Janelle, I mean Janelle spoke on the phone. I was like, well, I thought you were gonna be too big. She was like, well, I was waiting for you to ask me. So Janelle gets on board. Now, this is where my brother comes in. So 
the originally the podcast was Janelle, the guy, and I doing the podcast. And then one day the guy ha- goes on vacation to um, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So he was like, well, find somebody to replace me for that one particular episode and I'll be back the, the next episode. I was like, all right, no problem. So I asked my brother to come on because I knew he watched wrestling and he, you know, he was always invested invested in it. So he comes on and the chemistry was great. It worked. It absolutely worked. And it was, and it was dope. And he came on like a, another time after and it it was it was all good and then me and the dude that we that we were working together we had a um basically we had you know creative differences mm-hmm. so we decided to, we decided to split and i don't think he knew i was going to start another podcast i think he had a feeling i was but he didn't think it was going to get to what it is today so I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna start my own, whatever. And then I called my brother. And then I called Janelle. Janelle knew about the whole the whole blow up, the whole breakup between me and him. And then me, me and Janelle, Janelle was like, I'll do it for you. I'll do it with you. I'm just gonna do it because, you know, as a favor basically to me. My brother was like, yo, I got nothing else better to do. I'll, I'll do a podcast with you. So we sat down at, at a local bar with our with my friend um Leo. Now Leo's super important. Because he's the main reason why I started. Leo was our old camera guy. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody, shout out to them, Eye Pokes and Head Chokes. They have a podcast. It's my boy, Alex. He asked me to come on to be a guest. And I hit up Leo. Me and Leo didn't know each other that well, but I hit him up. I was like, hey, I need some content for my Instagram page. Can you come with me to, to when I go shoot this podcast and you take some pictures and you know record some videos for me I'll I'll pay you in dinner Leo comes with me I do the podcast and as I'm as we're eating dinner he's like yo you did a really good job how about you do your own podcast and I was like nah I don't know about that I don't know about that and I don't know but at the time I'm listening to podcasts I'm 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 enjoying a bunch of podcasts and they talking about content 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 and but as Leo's Leo's comment in my head kept playing in my head and one day I'm at the gym I'm watching um first take first take is a debate show on on sports yeah and I was like wrestling doesn't have this so then that's when i went to the my former business partner and i mentioned that we need to build this make a podcast blah 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 the podcast started now fast forward me it was leo janelle my brother and i were at the bar and we're trying to come up with names and we came up with jobber tears because none of us are stars and we're complaining about what's going on in wrestling so the tears mm-hmm. so job tears and that's how we came together it was kind of an accident but kind of faith at the same time like if he if homeboy never went to Puerto Rico I would have never known the chemistry between my brother and I and Janelle on camera you know what I mean right. so I always think that everything happens for a reason I'm not the most religious person in the world but I have faith in God and like he does things 
for a reason. And the reason me doing the that other podcast kind of was like a, a school for me. It told me what things I needed to do before I started doing this by myself. So that's how it started. Okay. So what would you say is the type of atmosphere that you guys have sort of created since the show has started and how it's, you know, evolved since then? It's barbershop talk. Yeah, I can see that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's when you and your homies are kicking at the crib and you guys are going back and forth about a certain subject on about wrestling. That's what it is. It's comfortability. It's fun. It's it's intense, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just it's friends coming together and just talking about wrestling, but you know that this is going to be intense, but you're going to go home happy, right? And a little tired from talking. <laughs> so that's kind of the atmosphere and to break it down it's really just a good barbershop conversation because like, that's what I wanted because that's what we all wanted because it's you don't have that with wrestling you have most of the time when you when you listen to, to podcasts when there's more than one person they all have like the same kind of like opinions it's, it's not that it's not that real it's not it's not that energy that you want like that high end energy that you need that high octane stuff I think we give that mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so yeah that's 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 the kind of that's the kind of energy that we give out there yeah I can definitely say the first time I saw it it really did remind me of first take because I had never really paid it that much attention before until me and my boyfriend got together and he really loves ESPN. Like he keeps it on. So the first time I really paid any attention, it was just like these two dudes yelling at each other. And all it did was remind me of high school where all the boys were sitting at the table arguing about sports. (laughs) And it was just the funniest thing. You know, to me, it would be the funniest thing because they would say some of the most animated things I'd ever heard in my life. Um, so it's just kind of like once you take that attitude and you put it on first take, it's like, boom, you got like money. So, you know, yeah. it's cool that you, you know, have adapted that into, you know, the Job of Tears podcast because it's, it's really nothing like it. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's the um, me and my brother are both intense people. So it, it, it just worked. And I knew first take for wrestling was something that that wasn't around um obviously there's been other people who've tried to do the same thing but it's not the same thing that we've done um it's it's i'm because i i keep an eye on this like under landscape of wrestling and you know it's we're more of a debate show than anything Mm -hmm. yeah okay so that's how i feel yeah all right, so I'm going to ask you, um, and this is something that Janelle um, told me to ask you, and um, Mr. Black as well. Um, what is the most out of control or surprising thing to happen on the show to you? Because um, she she told me, you know, a story, and it was pretty funny. And, it, and then what's so funny was you guys released a video about it, um, and it had to do with Sunny Kiss and how you guys called him beautiful. And she was just like, whoa. So, <laughs> so what would you say is the most out of control or surprising thing that happened on the show? Um, I think it would have to be that one. 
because everybody always mentions that like yo what the fuck <laughs> and 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 the thing is me and my brother are so, are so like like so comfortable with our sexuality that we just we said it because the dude is literally beautiful mm-hmm. like this like the dude's not handsome he's beautiful and the nicest person when I've met him numerous times one of the sweetest men I've ever met in my life wow just generally like warm spirit um super fucking nice and I think that one clip was like what cause we both my brother was like yeah he's beautiful yeah he's real beautiful Janelle was like excuse me <laughs> so I think it would have it would have to be that one. And one time we had um this is one of our favorite guests, Chiseled Adonis on mm-hmm. And he was telling us how he has like his content on Pornhub. Right. And we were all like, What? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, it's nothing X-rated. It's just my regular commentary stuff on Pornhub. And we were like, Wow really and it just took us all by storm like yo what the fuck but i think it would be those two moments for me personally yeah like that i remember because like my boyfriend also watches chiseled adonis and that was how i got exposed to him and it's just like he goes through is he goes through so much trouble with these with social media sometimes when it comes to his content it makes me mad because i'm just like leave him alone <laughs> so it's just like he has to find all kinds of creative ways to put his content on there so it's just kind of like okay you know however he makes it work I admire him for making it work how he does so yeah because it's hard you know how it is putting out content is hard it is. Uh, like my Sundays are spent cutting up clips for multiple podcasts mm-hmm. And making sure they come out at a certain time, figuring out what my coffee talk episodes are going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. Yeah, it is. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. So um, when did you realize that the Java Tears podcast was bigger than you? Um. This 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 was it was really early, and I knew we had something. When I was on the phone with my brother, this is like I think we were like six months in, whatever, maybe even less. I remember my brother and I was talking to him on the phone, and I was walk I was in Tribeca and I'm walking to like the train, and this dude taps me on the shoulder. And he shows me me giving me one of the videos of, of one of the videos of my news updates. And I was like, oh hey, what's up? What's up? How are you? And you know, sometimes I'm just like, ah, whatever, just, just a person. Then it really hit me when one of this happened, it was two moments. It was when one of our episodes got picked up by Ringside News, I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of them, but they actually took a clip of our stuff and put it on Ringside News. And another time was when 
we had a new student at the school and one of the one of the one of the the head coaches was like yo he asked the kid I was like how'd you find out about the school like oh I found out about Wilkins in his podcast he mentioned it on there my coach was like how many people do you fucking know Wilkins (laughs) I was like it's like "Eh, whatever and then I'm in the ring at the time and I think it's about 15 students there for this class and about eight of the 15 students started singing the, the theme song oh I didn't know how to if I felt embarrassed if I felt like like uh, you know, like you know, I felt good about it. I was just like, oh my god, this is this is this is this is this is weird. Really. But those were the three moments where I was like, there's something here that we're doing, and it it it, it was it, it was that that was it for me per se per se. That is so cool, and it's so funny you bring up the theme song. Like, I had to, I actually downloaded Spotify for the sole purpose of hearing that song. <laughs> like, I hadn't used Spotify since I was in college, but I literally downloaded Spotify all for the sole purpose of hearing the song. It's great. <laughs> like, it's great. Like, it's like a song that you could just, just bang for no reason in your car because it just hits so hard. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, my, my, uh, Montezzi, he uh, he blessed us with that, and shout outs to him. He got his podcast on the WWE Network now. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's, it was a blessing of him doing that song for us, and I, I love it. We have a remix. I'm not releasing it until mm-hmm. March because I got some stuff that we're gonna put out come March. But when I so, so that's what I want to I want to release it with with the with the remix. So that's look out for that. Okay, and you said Mont Easy has his podcast on WWE Network. Is that Swerve City? Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, he's the one that um, Mont Easy was here from Swerve City podcast with Isaiah Scott. Did the, he? He was the one that, that did the, our theme song, and it was a blessing. It's a fucking amazing song. I remember me hitting him up about it, and I was like, "Hey." I'm looking for it to do a theme song, blah, 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 blah. He's like, what do you want exactly? And I was like, yeah, well, I just wanted you to talk about certain things. Because once again, I was going off first take and how their original theme song, Little Wayne, was. And I was like, I like how they did it with that. I want to do the same thing with ours. And he, like, you know, did his own little thing. And then he just knocked one out. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. It just fits the entire, the entire, um, atmosphere of the show and the personality of the show it's great um so what I want to ask you now is basically who has your favorite guest been in 10 years like who who's who's been your favorite guest uh in the past like three years since we've been doing it ah man we had some great guests though um I wouldn't say favorite, but I have a top five. Yeah, Can go I do ahead, that? Do a top five. So it's not it's not in order. Um Chisel Adonis. Um A D Burying Smarks. Saul Guerrero. Mm-hmm. How many that's, yeah, that's, that's four, four, right? So you just got one more. Leo Rush and 
honorable mention, Nicholas Martin. So Nicholas Martin is not a wrestler. He's just a fan of a fan and a great supporter of the Jabatia's podcast. Like you can't ask for nobody else to like to be so good to your brand. Mm-hmm. Nicholas is one of the he's a friend now and one of the dopest people I ever met and he supports 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 us supports us and I love love Nicholas and he we had him on the show because he just always showed us love he was like yo come on and he's such a good person so I know he's he's not like a, a celebrity or like a wrestler, but he's a celebrity in, in, in right. our world. So I had to mention him. He's not in the top five or the, to the five, but he's a definitely like a mega honorable man. He probably he's like you know tie for the, for, the, for the number five if we were gonna list if we were gonna like you know rank them. But yeah, um, the ones the other people that we had like Leo Rush, his interview was like really edgy per se because he because he really opened up about a lot of stuff that he was going through at the time and what he went through with WWE um the Saul Guerrero time when she came on she once again was just open and just showed and just showed all different parts of right. her um, who else did I mention? I said um, AD, my boy AD. He's just another. He's he's a wrestling fan, but that conversation was so extra barber talk. I mean barbershop talk. Like we really got him. I think we argued about which is the best type of ginger ale: Schweppes or Canada Dry. Oh wow! I have yeah, um, chiseled Adonis. Many reasons why he was so good because people who have bigger brands sometimes don't promote your stuff when you have mm-hmm. them on. But he fully promoted when he was on the show. And he fit right in to what we were doing. And you, and those types of guests you gotta love. Like where things aren't awkward, where you kind of gotta like, you know, walk on eggshells by mm-hmm. talking to them where it just fit right in like a glove to the conversation. So those those are the best ones that I did that we've had. All my favorite per se. Okay. So I'm gonna since speaking of top five, I wanna ask you who are your top five wrestlers, the um, male, female, or non-binary? Um as of right now, as of today February 9th, my top five stands as this. It is The Rock. Mm -hmm. Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall. Shawn Michaels. Bailey. She just got into my top five. And last but not least. <laughs> the Undertaker. Okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I think Bailey is just 
out of this world overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sasha's better than her in the ring, but overall talent wise, Bailey is just different. She really showed it out. She really showed me how talented she was this past mm-hmm. year. Who's your top five? Oh Lord. <laughs> okay. Um See, it's a little bit different for me because I separate, I separate, you know, male and female for my top fives. So I literally have like technically a ten. Um, but uh-huh. um, I would say that basically my top five for the men, I would say my number one is The Rock too. Um, great yes, one. Um, I love him. Um, number two is Shawn Michaels because I just absolutely love him. Um, he's just one of the best um, all around to me and because I fell in love with him when he was saved and I was just like oh he believes in God and I was just pumped um, I was a child anyway <laughs> um, number three um, I would say is Eddie Guerrero um, and I would say number four hmm, number four would probably have to be Rey Mysterio right now and Number five, I would say. See, I hate it when this happens. I feel like my top five changes every couple of. Oh my lord! Um. Wow. Shoot. For right now, I guess number five is just kind of blank right now. Um, I'm blanking. I can't think of my number five right now. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When it comes to you, it yeah. comes to you. So, but for the women, I would say, um, number one is Sasha Banks because she's just the greatest of all time to me. And I will I will argue <laughs> with anybody. I got destroyed online by the Sasha Banks army. Why? So, uh, this is a little off subject, but um, I had mentioned, I was like, yo, the fans got three black women going up against each other right now um, because of Kara Hogan and Tasha mm-hmm. Steele's thing and Sasha thing. That's all I said. That is all I said. And I got ripped apart by the Sasha Banks army. They were like, it was on Twitter just today actually, they were like, Listen, she ain't start nothing. What are you talking about? She ain't do nothing. She's over here making money and being the best. I was like, yo, let's try and put out positivity right now. It's ain't good stuff. It's not good stuff that I'm hearing right now. Just that's it. That's it. But I but she is God tier in that ring on another level. But go ahead. Who's yeah, like um, I try not to get into stuff like that because it can get really ugly at times. Um, but definitely <sighs> Sasha Banks is my number one. Um, my number two is I would say is definitely Bailey, and the reason why they're number two is because their match in Brooklyn was one of is basically probably one of the greatest women's matches mm-hmm. I'd ever seen in my whole life. Like I had fell off from wrestling because I was in college, but then. I watched that match and watched every other match that Sasha Banks had in NXT after that point because I was just like, I love this. It was just beautiful. Um, and so they're my number two. Um, that's Sasha and Baylor, number two, number one and two. Number three is Lita, um, sim- simply because mm-hmm. she, she was um, 
revolutionary at the time and I just loved everything she did with the Hardys like she was equal to them in terms of her daredevil work it was just cool um number four I would definitely say Jacqueline because she just embodied strength um as a black woman um and she was just really beautiful and I'm also biased because my sister's name is also Jacqueline so somehow or another she and I just hit the jackpot when it came to wrestling names um <laughs> and I would say number five is Jazz because she kind of just fits into that same realm of black women and being strong and everything and because I enjoyed her feud with Trish Stratus during the 2000s they destroyed each other mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> great picks great picks thank you that means a lot coming from you <laughs> <laughs> like that means a lot coming from you because it's just I, it just does just just know that it really does <laughs> oh thank you appreciate yeah. it so if you were ever given the opportunity would you wrestle for a mainstream promotion like WWE, AEW or Impact it it, it, it depends on the, the contract but if I had to choose off name value I would do WWE. Because mm-hmm. WWE as a wrestler, let's let's say for instance, I get mm-hmm. signed, right? And I get a t- I get TV time. I get enough TV time. I win and let's say I don't even win the WWE title. I win like inter like the Intercontinental title or the other title that they excuse me that they have, like the US title or something, but I get TV time. That exposure is god tier level, top notch. So let's say I decide to leave, I can go anywhere else and make a ton of money because I've been exposed. Because I have, because my brand has been exposed to to the whole Mm -hmm. world. So if I had to choose, I'm picking WWE. Well, that's the name value in itself. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good choice. And, you know, if it ever, you know, one, when it happens, I can say, you know, hey, he was on my show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. And I'll be glad to do another interview. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but then who knows? We might be on there together. Bro, you never yeah, know. With, you with, never the know. Way that, with the way I'm trying to set up my life, we might be on there together and I might be interviewing you there. <laughs> why not yeah why not? let's speak that into existence right now um <laughs> so how do you feel about the state of wrestling in a positive way right now i think it's growing i think it's at a place where for for a long time it wasn't growing because there was one major mm-hmm. company i think now it's growing and also the independent scene is giving people so much more opportunities and so much and there's so much more exposure there's so many negative things that can be said but if you look at it like from a positive standpoint when you know when covid slows down and when 2022 comes around but before covid was around you had a second a second big major company around then you had the independent scenes where people could 
didn't have to go to WWE, AEW, and could still make a quality living just working the independent scene. So, where when things open back up, growth will happen. It's and then now we're also seeing a whole lot more black men and women performing on a high level. So there has been major growth in professional wrestling. Yes, definitely. It's it's grown culture wise. It's grown money wise. It's grown on every every level. Yes, that's a really good answer to that. Um, It's growth. Growth is beautiful. Um, so how important is it to you um, to be a great representation of black content creators and wrestlers? Um, it, it, it's what's funny because when we first started, it wasn't that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started about three years ago and I didn't, it wasn't that many black podcasts. So it, it, it's, it's an honor that you say that I don't think I don't think I am but it's an honor that you say that and I really appreciate it because at the end of the day like you want to hear from people that look like you and there's enough of people who don't look like us with their opinions on the sport already and there needs to be more people that look like you and me giving their opinion on the sport right especially with the fact that there's so many up and coming black wrestlers nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so yeah, it's an honor, and it's also a it's a it's a responsibility because we've made some mistakes, you know, doing this, but we've learned from them, and we we slowly are growing from those mistakes and and trying to be better than what we were yesterday. Right. And I can say personally, you know, even though I'm still technically, you know, a baby or you consider me a baby, um, <laughs> I've been, ba- I basically, you know, take it, you know, very seriously, you know, of being a black content creator. And it's definitely an honor for me and, and, and just figuring out, you know, the value of where my voice is and stuff like that and being a representation of that as well. So it's really great. You're a black woman. You're a black woman. You're very yeah. important. You're very, very important to the culture because there's not many of y'all. Yeah, it really isn't. But, you know, the more there is, you know, the more inspiring it, you know, the growth will be. So I'm really excited for that future. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to use their voice for a podcast or start a career in risk? Be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, just be consistent keep going at it um, and that's 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 just that's just that's just it just be consistent that's that's really what I can say is being consistent and don't don't let up because it's, it's gonna be times you're like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done with this so that's that, that those those are my like words of wisdom. Don't let up. Be consistent. Right. That is beautiful advice. So what would you say the future holds for Sir Wilkins? Um, bigger things. Um, 
bigger platforms, the the brand going to another level. Um, last year we celebrated fifty five thousand streams. Oh wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, so this year we're trying to get close. To, we're trying to do a hundred hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just expanding, becoming bigger, taking the brand to the next level. Like we're we're trying to move out of um, WWF generation years, super to WWF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and just really turning making the making the brand uh, more of a household name within the wrestling community. right so that's it's gonna be we have to break down some some walls and some barriers you know what I oh, mean oh definitely and you guys are definitely in that position to, to actually do that you know you guys are powerful and you know and oh, you're thank consistent you, thank you. Appreciate you're powerful it. you're strong like y'all y'all just don't know how inspiring y'all are to me y'all just don't know (laughs) so thank you so much sir wilkins for coming on the hardy wrestling podcast it's been great to have you no thank you for having me thank you for having me yeah like this was an amazing conversation so one well before you go just put yourself over you know and tell the people um tell the listeners you know what else you have going on and stuff um, right now we have uh I don't know when, when is this, this dropping. This is actually dropping this weekend. Okay, so um next weekend, February twenty first, if you're in the New York City area, we are doing a viewing party at Legends Bar for the Elimination Chamber. So if you if you want to come down and watch some wrestling with some fellow wrestling fans, you are welcome to come. Uh, my name is Sir Wilkins. You can find me on all forms of social media with the with the tag of sir underscore wilkins i am on twitter you can hear my random outtakes you can hear me talk to my girlfriend constantly on twitter um you can find me on instagram as well and you can also find the jobber tears podcast on instagram it's the jobber tears podcast one word and also it's on twitter jobber tears and that's it thank you so much for coming sir no problem. Thank you of so much course. for having me. You know, you're welcome back anytime. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Take care. All right. So thank you for listening to this show. I want to thank Sir Wilkins of the Jobber Tears podcast for coming on um, my show. It was such an honor and a pleasure to talk to him about all things wrestling. So if you want to check out the Jobber Tears podcast, you can listen to them on all social platforms where you can get your podcasts. as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I'm sure iHeartRadio and different um, places where you can get your podcasts. Uh, definitely SoundCloud and other places. They are absolutely amazing. And then next week, I'm actually going to have the third co-host of Jabba Tears podcast, Mr. Black, on there as well. Um, So thank you for listening to my show. As usual, you can listen to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. And you can also... um, 
follow me on instagram at hardy wrestling podcast and on twitter at hardy wrestle pod um and if you have any wrestling questions you can always dm me and ask me and if you want to you know be on here for an interview you want to come on my show and you know talk about wrestling or talk about anything that you've learned about wrestling you know as a new fan then you are more you are more than welcome to come on my show so until then i just hope you're you know being safe and being your best self and taking care of yourself um because it's still kind of crazy out there so i just hope you're being your best self and just you know believing in your dreams and making everything manifest that's a good thing for you and just you know, being the light of the world, you know, because there's so much darkness going on. So I just hope you're being the light of the world. So until next time, this is Stephanie Hardy of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Bye, y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.